It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Fresh and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to episode 417 of the Macro Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager-in-chief radio nerd. I'm 18 years saved, 16 years married, 11 years recovered, 7 years a father, and 36 years a nerd. And I'm Mo, a lot of things wrapped up in one small but loud package, your very own casserole of a co-host doing my best to bring the best, but one thing I'm not is good at math. Today on the show, is this world a simulation? Also on the show today, our Discord will debate a topic about Christmas. Why do you sound exhausted with me already? Because <laughs> listen. I'm coming in hot. I'm a lot this morning. Is that what you're coming saying? Coming in hot. I'm a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Got rhymes all the time. <laughs> Bringing the rhymes every time. <laughs> <laughs> but first, today is Tuesday, November 9th, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. It is National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day. What? What? Okay, look, guys, I got a bone to pick with, with the whole world. I got a bone to pick with you. There have been now two opportunities where one day I will have a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, and the next day I will have a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Who is brainwashing the planet into thinking that Popeye's chicken sandwich is anywhere near as good as that Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? Louisiana. This thing has so much flavor. This thing is just a bunch of crunch and normal crunch. chicken flavor. Like, is that what people want? Is they just want to be the feeling like flavor? they're... A little bit, but it's not anything near to the actual, like, juiciness of this chicken. It's a fried chicken. It's a piece of fried chicken. It's an extra crispy piece of fried chicken with a little bit of that Cajun seasoning in it. But it's not, a like, a flavor bomb like this thing is. I'm imagining them in my hand, by the way. Okay, but I will say, as far as flavor is concerned, I do think that Popeye's does better on flavor well look if you're adding that if you're letting them have the mayonnaise or whatever that they put on it then yeah that's not mayonnaise but it's like a spicy something or other then sure but that's not comparing apples to apples i order it without that sauce because i don't like that sauce anyway and it's chicken and pickles those are the two things you're comparing right Mm -hmm. That's what should be the comparison. Chicken and pickles. <laughs> if you're going to drench it in sauce, then that's a whole different sandwich. And nobody is making that a point to say, if you're drenching it in sauce, it's not the same sandwich. So you can't compare them. It's like comparing a naked chicken wing and a honey barbecue chicken wing. Those are two very different chicken wings. Chicken wing, chicken Stop wing, it. hot dog and bologna. That's a copywritten song. You can't <laughs> Cheese and macaroni. That's what it should have been. It was. I mean, it should, yeah, it should have been. I agree is been. what I meant to say. Anyway, um, I didn't realize that you were so passionate about chicken sandwiches. Well, look, I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it. So I don't even like it a little bit. Like, it was just a disappointing sandwich. And I thought the first time, maybe... 
it was just a fluke. Sure. And so I had it a second time at a completely different location in a different state. And it was the same. And just as DJ Jane Shane is saying in here, then you should compare Popeye's sandwich to Burger King sandwich. Guess what? I've had the Burger King's chicken sandwich on many, many occasions, also sans the sauce. It is amazing. It is second only to Chick-fil-A. It was miles above Popeye's chicken sandwich. Miles. Streets ahead. Streets ahead. That's right. I'm complimenting Burger King over Popeye's. Fight me. Hey, so it's also go to an art museum day. I love art museums, guys. So we talked about um, talked about yesterday how we're going to go to Meow Wolf in Denver. in Denver, which is a different installation. Right, We've right. had Meow Wolf in Santa Fe mm-hmm. for several years as the first installation, the House of uh, Eternal Return or something like the that. House of Weird. It's a giant art installation that you're on the inside of. It is just just mind-boggling and amazing. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. And they have one. They opened one earlier this year in Las Vegas at uh, Area 15. And it's called Omega Mart. And so it's like this surreal um, like supermarket. That. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they even have like commercials for it where... One one was like a PSA. Uh, a, a word of warning to Omega Mart customers. Some of our customers have mistaken Omega Mart lemons for actual lemons. If you were affected by this, please return your Omega Mart lemons at any any of our 15 locations or whatever. And it's got a picture of a lemon, and by the end, it like flips around, and there's an eyeball on it blinking. <laughs> like it's a bunch of weird, goofy stuff. But there's like okay, portals then. and a whole story behind everything that you can discover as you're going in. It's just this really amazing thing. They're all great. And so this new one, this one just opened up apparently like last month uh, in Denver. And so we got our tickets. I cannot wait. What is it? The Convergence Station. And so it looks a lot more like the original one in Santa Fe from the video that I saw, but like bigger. It is a four-story building. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's like being in a dream. It really is. Well, then. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, yeah, even just normal art museums, I really like. We went to one in, where was it? Nashville, I think. We went to one in Nashville. That was really neat. Didn't have a whole lot um, because of COVID. Like half the building was closed down. But there was one installation that was uh, all American flags, but they were tattered ones. Yeah, uh, you were. One from, yeah, one from every state. One from a school in every state. In every state, yeah. There was a guy that went around and would offer to replace the flag that had been up there for forever. It was all tattered and torn with a brand new one. And then he'd take that one and he built this beautiful uh, display with them. It was very neat. Is it the place that KY is talking about here in, in the chat? Uh, Popeye's? No, no. no. Here. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the, the, fir- the Frist. Yes, it was the Frist. The it frist. was the Frist. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, it didn't have a lot, though, when we went. But we went during COVID. But we didn't have our kids with us anyway. But it was still really neat. Yeah. Wow. I never would have thought of the name again. But yeah, that's the one. The first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nashville was great. I know we're not talking about that right now, but Nashville was was really good. Mm. We had a blast there. I've just walking down the the main drive downtown where all the 
all the restaurants have like these open windows and there's a different band on every floor of every restaurant playing and you're just being surrounded by, by music. music. It was surreal. It yeah. was really cool. Like I've never experienced that kind of feeling before. Loved it. Nice. And we went to the Johnny Cash Museum. That was fun too. But I do have to say East Tennessee is is way better. <laughs> It's always it's always about rivalries with you. No, it's not. (laughs) Not always. So once a week, I didn't even weigh in on the whole chicken sandwich thing. Jeez, you the one got a rivalry. You're the one with the bee in your bonnet. Exactly about that sandwich. Not a sandwich. (laughs) Once a week, we like to open up our Discord, backrowdiscord.com, for some of our backrow buds to argue some of the internet's favorite arguments. Uh, Halloween is long since over, and we are several days into November now, so it's clearly on everybody's minds. Mo and I have shared our thoughts about this, but we want to hear from you. When is it okay to start decorating for Christmas, playing Christmas music, and watching Christmas movies? So we're going to jump into our Mm -hmm. chat. We've got a few people Mm -hmm. in there now. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch Live with us, you can jump in if you wish to uh, jump in to jump give in. your opinion. But here we go. Hello. I mean, I mean, <laughs> never mind. Oh, are y'all talking sandwiches? I, they are talking sandwiches. I, I just joined. I don't know what I walked into. How dare you? <laughs> you don't do want to know what you walked How into. How dare you have your own discussion? <laughs> Whose voices do I hear? Lark and is Thray in there? Thray is in here. Gray's in here. I don't explain what they were saying when I walked in. It's all my I don't peeps. know if that's safe to air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, did y'all hear the question? Or are y'all too busy talking about chicken? Well, we why were, don't we you were, we were too busy talking. <laughs> <laughs> when is it okay to start decorating for Christmas, playing Christmas Ooh. music, and watching Christmas movies? Those can be all the same answer or different answers, depending on your theory. Stipulation. My answer is long. So, decorating. Decorating, music, music and movies. Movies. Who wants to go okay. first? So, Lark. Lark, Lark depends on going where first. and why. Because if you are like in a band, which I have been for years, you really gotta just accept that the Christmas music is coming in September because otherwise you're not gonna have it ready by the December concert. However, also, like, if you're in, like, a college setting where, like, everyone leaves by mid-December, they typically get the Christmas decorations out, like, mid-November. But if you are not in one of those situations, Black Friday is the day that you're allowed to put your Christmas stuff up and don't you dare watch the Christmas movies. Except for Nightmare Before Christmas. That's a Halloween movie. Don't watch the actual Christmas movies until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Please. I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is a transitional movie. The only thing that I just <laughs> agreed with Lark there on is that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween movie. That's the only thing that we I, agree on. Funny enough, the, the first, first time, time I watched Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> was last year. I think that was the first time I like actually sat through and watched the whole thing. I mean, it it's in the name. Year. The Nightmare Before Christmas equals But the theme song Halloween. is This is Halloween. This is Halloween. I would sing like it, it's but it's answering your question. Yeah. Is this Christmas or a Halloween movie? This is Halloween. This is Halloween. It's a Halloween. Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> I've solved it. <laughs> All right. This is how to be wrong twice. If we want to be wrong, let's at least be wrong with something relevant to the movie. It's an Easter movie. Mm. All right, Oriel, <laughs> what are your thoughts? This was your question. So, so I used to be in the whole camp of 
you've got to wait until after Thanksgiving to give everyone to, because I always was like, oh, well, people are just focusing too much on Christmas and not giving Thanksgiving its due time. But <laughs> as I've gotten older, I just kind of like, you know what? Let people do what makes them happy. <laughs> and it's like... I will do what I I do. And if Christmas stuff starts coming out before Thanksgiving, it's okay. Right. I'm not gonna, but I don't want to hear all Christmas music all the time until after Thanksgiving because I feel there's only so many Christmas songs. And only so many times you can hear it, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's my thing with it is that you can only hear it so many times in a short period of time before it gets old. Oh, I can but. listen to Christmas shoes day after day. Oh. <laughs> oh. But, but like what you're thinking about, you know, give, you know, respecting Thanksgiving and stuff. It's like, it's almost like we're giving feelings to the holiday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't hurt Thanksgiving's feelings. It does. It deserves its time in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Thre, what do you got for us? Oh, um. Well, I feel like the three things are kind of separate, at least in my brain. Yeah. And I also think that each year is its own animal. Um, I historically have always been a after Thanksgiving person. But as time went on, uh, how I looked at each of these things was a little different. First off, Hallmark waits for no man. <laughs> Every Friday, they have Christmas movies. Doesn't matter what month it is. June? <laughs> um, so if you go over and, uh, you know, you're, you're at uh, a lady of the church's uh, house and she's got some casual TV program on, chances are it's Hallmark Channel playing a Christmas movie in, you know, maybe August because that's not even Christmas in July anymore. It's just August Christmas movie on Friday. But anyway, <laughs> there are certain there's a certain Christmas movies that definitely wait until the season of, and those tend to actually be better or more uh, nostalgic. The big ones. Yeah. But um, decorating, maybe the core of decorating waits till after Thanksgiving. But the music, that's harder for me. Um. For those that find November to be a very hard month, it's easier to start the music early because a lot of, I mean, not all the Christmas music, but a lot of the Christmas music has a nostalgia uh, to it. So you have fond memories attached to the songs. Um, in the most part, uh, Christmas songs are full of hope and um, encouraging for a future to come, despite it being dark and gloomy. Um, and there's always the history behind each of the songs. I mean, some of them, of course, are just jingles, basically. But also, some there's some incredible stories behind some carols and some songs that once you get to be familiar with some of them, you you really kind of enjoy hearing those when you're you know not having a great day or something so i'm totally okay with the music starting as soon as it's possible to justify um <laughs> november 1st <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> um 
but not necessarily I'm going to blast this in your ear and it's always going to be the materialistic songs all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, no no rockets for me. Thanks. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Real but quick, yeah. uh, Twitch chat. Thank you, uh, Moviga, for that raid there. Um, oh. Bringing over a few folks. Very much appreciate you. And KY, thank you for that resubscription. I told you it'd eventually pop up. And, uh, ooh, a hype train is close. What was that? Farm blog. Subscri oh, who'd we get? Who did that? Who was nice? Jay and Pay. <laughs> Jay and Pay. Thank you so much. Five gifted subs. You rock, dude. You're the best. Uh, all right. So we are in the middle of our. Are um, arguing, on, arguing Discord. on Discord segment, and we're talking about Christmas. We're talking about when is it too early to play Christmas songs, watch Christmas movies, or decorate for Christmas. And uh, we got one more person to to jump in here, and that's Grayson. What do you got to say, my friend? Thank you for the bits. Oh, we got a hype train, guys. Yay, we got a hype, hype train. train. Thank y'all. Uh, okay, I might have an unpopular opinion, and that's just fine with me. I'm all yeah, about that's, those. That's usual. I, yeah. I have I have the most unpopular opinions out of everyone I've ever seen. It's great. I disagree um, with you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Halloween all year, no Christmas. Is that your opinion? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We love Halloween here. Uh, <clears throat> what do we got? Uh, seriously though, um, I say uh, a week before Thanksgiving is okay for Christmas music song or Christmas music decorations and all that nonsense. Nonsense. Uh, <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> How dare you. <laughs> Thank you for those bits or Hill and Lark. Is, is uh, that your opinion? That, is, that, is, that is that it? Is yeah, that all you I got mean, for us? You have a justified... I, it's, it's not much. You know. <laughs> Like that's just this just what I feel. All right, why don't you respect I, my thoughts? Yeah, that, it, that's fine. yeah, just because it's like you know quick, and everyone else had like long drawn out explanations of everything. Uh, I have been gifted a sub. Thank you, Gavigan. Thank you. Another five gifted subs over here, Yay. getting us the hype train level three hundred percent. I think. I don't know, but there's like uh, confetti going off all yeah. over the... <laughs> the whole celebration thing takes a really long time before you can figure out what, what just happened. There we go. Level, Level three, three complete. All awesome. Right. Thank y'all. Y'all are the best. This will be our second hype train, I think, ever. So ever. that's really cool. <laughs> all right. Are, are you going to give your opinion? For those that don't know, what do hype trains do? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not even sure. Pretty much are just... Uh, Twitch's way of saying, yo, a lot of people gave some bits and subs. Right, Let's try yeah. to get more people to give gifts and subs yeah. because we're all really excited about this channel. When when a, cer when a certain number of people give in a row, like in a short amount of time, it'll launch a hype train, but it has to be different people. It's not about the mm -hmm. amount. It's about the amount of people. Mm. Then once the hype train started, everybody can just pile on and keep giving. Uh, and I think you can get all the way up to a full level five hype train. I don't know how much that entails or what that means, but we're 30% into level four. I think you can set the hype train. You uh, can tweak it from setting. Can yeah. you? Okay. I've never even looked into that. Yeah, I know Asia tweaked hers to make it easier to hit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eel Davis, for that one bit. Okay. Owen, oh, did I, I miss one, I'm, didn't I? I don't know. 
Oh, Neil Davis oh. said 100 bits before that. So 101 bits from Neil Davis. Thank you. Is it Dalmatians? <laughs> 101. 101. All right. Oh, are you going to weigh in, jacket. Matthew? Matthew, Matthew Coker. Are you um, going to weigh in? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm all about Christmas. I could I could do it all year long. Uh, Bubba's very much the same way. He's he said if I had it my way with LTN Radio, it'd be 90% Christmas music beginning November 1st. And uh, I said, yeah, but we'd lose a lot of people. <laughs> and you may have missed my thing in chat, but because uh, of the hype stuff and all. But I actually said that you're the, what you guys play on the radio for Christmas. I don't mind the music for that. Okay. So I would actually be OK. Normally, I have always been dead set against hearing christmas music until after thanksgiving but we do you heard it here folks after the show christmas season <laughs> All starts. christmas music no, we do try to uh number one pick songs that are either not classics or reimagined classics uh as at least half of what we have in the catalog and then the rest are classics that are done by better artists that don't get played enough. <laughs> right. So you're not going to hear yeah. the same. You're not going to hear the, I, I feel like the overlap between the Christmas music that like K-Love is going to play and the Christmas music we're going to play is maybe 10% at most. Uh, right. So yeah, at least you'll hear something different. You just threw our... them right under exactly. the bus, huh? I mean, also, am I weird for thinking that no good yes. Christmas music has come out in the past 10, in the past like <gasps> no. 10 years or so? You're not you like, are weird. You're, you're wrong. Wrong. Incredibly wrong, which is very, very typical. Very I'm let also, Matt I'll show you. Just let I'll, Matt make a playlist and exactly. listen to. I don't. I don't really expand on my music horizons. Very and that's much, your and really problem, okay. Neil Davis. Thank you for like, the subs, the gifted subs. My goodness, you're going hard here. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, sweet. I, the eight Polish foods of, of Christmas. Oh, KY. Sorry. Oh my gosh, the eight Polish foods of Christmas. Have y'all heard that? The Veggie Tales song. <laughs> It's so no, wonderful. Oh, no. <laughs> what were you going to say? We had Christmas album when I was. I, I don't have a kid, so therefore no. It was the second Christmas album to get banned by you my family. Are a kid. The first was yeah. album in the chipmunks. <laughs> Three. What were you going to say before I cut you off? Oh, I was just saying that it's interesting sometimes to um, to look at different decades of quote unquote Christmas carols and, mm. and see how they how they change, how they don't change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They tend to get whinier, to be honest. <laughs> more more, well, more I mean, meaty. More gimme, gimme, I kinda, gimme. I kind of feel like Sheesh. we as a people have gotten a little bit whinier. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Eel Davis with two more uh, gifted subs. Jay and Pay with more bits. Level Are 5 hype train. Game? Holy cow. Wow. Are we going to get a 420% level 5 hype train or something like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> At what point does this turn into like a bullet uh, train instead a of a hype train? I mean, the other day I saw someone get like a 20, 30,000 percent hype train. So, uh, I mean, I feel I like that so happened I mean, during LTNCon. <laughs> LTNCon, they, they got a hype train and then within like three minutes it was level five full. Like okay. it just, they just kept. Thank you again. Farm blog, 100 bits. <sighs> There's a lot. What do you got to do here? We're at 7%. Level 5 requires uh, support events totaling six tier subs or 3,000 bits. Sheesh. We're already up to 26. 27. Okay. Thank you for those Can bits. I feel like this is Dragon Ball Z Kai all over the place. 
<laughs> Oriole, thank it's you for the gifted sub. It's over a certain number. I don't know what means. <laughs> Kabiga, thank you for the 500 bits. Jeez. Are y'all going to do it? Now I want you to do it. I'm not I'm not greedy, but now I'm... That would be hilarious. It'll, it'll really hurt my... It'll hurt my OCD if you don't get it to 100 now on the last one. <laughs> Everybody listening on the radio later. Right. <laughs> Thank you for the gift of Oh, man, this just, is going to be is, great this is to what listen we do. to. This is what we do on Twitch, guys. This, this, this is, is what fun. you're missing out on. If you're not oh. on Twitch, right. then well, you're missing out. Friends in our Discord, thank you so much yeah, for joining ah, us. I didn't even get to oh, play in. I'm sorry. Jump in. <gasps> Throw some elbows. Sheesh. You guys, this is the same, this is the same no. advice I give you during Among Shut Us Night. Up. Throw your elbows and start talking. <laughs> you're going to go back and listen, and you're going to realize that several times I was like, so can I? Mo, hey, can I, hush, we just got back. five more gifted this, subs. See, exactly. Oh, what's your opinion on the matter? I keep trying. See, and there's Thray, like always, trying to give me time to talk. Thray's trying to be the moderator. Matt, I'm going to keep talking. Level five talking. complete. We're at 143. Y'all rock. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Matt. So we're going to move on to our next segment. I'm no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Matt, oh, Mo wanted to talk. I apologize. Y'all are okay. awesome. Thank yes, you. for so, megaphone. Do you, right? That's Meg, what I need. The, the Meg phone. <laughs> okay. I'm dying over here. <laughs> um, so, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 reminds us that when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So if you go back to the early days of our podcast, you will hear me arguing with great intensity, intensity that Christmas must wait until the day after Thanksgiving, that Thanksgiving is necessary for Christmas. Because if you do not take that time to be thankful, then you truly cannot celebrate what Christmas is actually about. And then 2020 hit. <laughs> <laughs> and we all needed a, little, needed a little more joy in our lives. We all needed a little more reason to find celebration. I'm going to be stuck and in this so, house. I'm going to look at a pretty tree. And so <laughs> I decided, you know what? Who says that traditions have to remain the same always? Why can't traditions change? The reason that I stuck with the whole Thanksgiving comes before Christmas is because that's how my mom always was. That's how I grew up. And so I just carried on with her tradition and her mindset. And now I'm like, you know what? My tree is probably going to go up the first weekend in November. I won't put decorations on it. It'll just be a tree with white lights. I will listen to Christmas music as soon as my spirit tells me you need to start listening to Christmas music. And I will enjoy the Christmas movies as soon as I start feeling terribly depressed and know that I need to have some sort of false hope in these cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies. Right. I don't like the Hallmark movies, I'm going to be honest. Hey, well, some of them are good. Oh, Most of them are garbage. We name them after the random thing they throw into the mix with Guy B and Girl C. And then, oh, there's a cat in this one. Or, oh, that's the horse one. Uh-huh, exactly. Or, there's a firefighter in this one. Or so, here, oh, comes the, here comes the weird misunderstanding. You know what has 15 actors, four settings, two writers, and one plot? 
any ABC Hallmark or Hallmark. One thousand Hallmark yeah. movies. So okay. I did actually find this new game. It's a Hallmark bingo game that I'm going to play with every Hallmark movie that I watch to see if I can actually make bingo. And it's like the stupid I'll play with you. Yes, we need to. Right. We need to. Before, All right, Matt has something on, else to say. I just got. I have to acknowledge all these, and I, I was very quiet while you shared. <laughs> DJ J Shane, thank you for the 500 bits. Jay and Pay, thank you for five more gift subs. And uh, let's see, there was one more at least. Eel, Eel Davis, thank you for the extra 50 bits you gave there. Whew, all told, that was great. <clears throat> I missed what it said already, how much it was, but that was a lot. It was uh, 21 subs, 2,152 bits. Thank you very much. Wow. So, yeah, uh, a lot. That was great. We got to 245% of level five hype train. Y'all guys are so nice, and that's going to... That's going to be great. That'll help us. We usually use that money to either buy some stuff for the equipment and whatever that we need or... Can I get a chair now, please? Hey, we actually have chairs already. We just need I wheels. Need a, wait, hold on. Can you give me a new office chair? I desperately need one. <laughs> just need the same one can I like, actually have a chair that doesn't constantly sink and break? Oh, hey, no. guys. The segment's over, so I'm going to go ahead and close out the Discord. <laughs> 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 Love you guys. Thank you so much. Hi, Mo. Thanks for having us. You guys are great. I always love arguing on yeah, Discord. It's fun. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, are you ready for super king size candy bars? Stick around. Walking in faith. The dictionary defines faith as complete trust or confidence in something or someone. I can remember being taught in Sunday school that faith is believing in something even if you can't see it. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul reminds us that we walk by faith and not by sight. But really, what does all of this mean? To believe in something or someone fully and completely even when we can't see it or them and not falling idle to the things we can see but may cause us to stumble. I'm a self-proclaimed overanalyzer. I will relive a conversation several times over and over, picking apart every word spoken and dissecting the tone in which each word was relayed, all in hopes of trying to find some underlying meaning. It's exhausting. I have a friend, though, who is an overanalyzer of a different kind. I like to refer to him as a researcher of all things. He will write out all the pros and cons of what may or may not happen in every situation he's placed in, trying to be prepared for all the what-ifs. I know for him, it's exhausting. To the world, being prepared is noble. Having a plan B or a backup is encouraged, but where exactly is the faith? Specifically in terms of walking with the Lord and living out the calling he has placed on our lives. If we make list after list of all the things that could go wrong, eventually we're going to shut the door on the opportunity God has opened for us. If we plan for all the possibilities and something outside the plan happens, we may find ourselves doubting whether or not we heard God right. But when we walk by faith, we have complete confidence that even in all the what ifs and unseen, God is there. He has equipped us for this purpose and will not leave us to fail. When we walk in faith, we can stand firm in the promise of Romans 8:28, remembering that God works all things together for good, even the mess ups, even the unplanned fails, even the things fully out of our control that he actually had control of the entire time. He will work it all together for the good as long as we obediently walk by faith. 
Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And we've changed some things up for this new season, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week we record our shows, the Friday or Saturday before, with our friends on Twitch. Follow us at twitch.tv slash LTN on air to be notified when we go live. And you can join our Discord at backroaddiscord.com for after the show discussion and even opportunities to be on the show yourself, just like our last segment. Uh, you going to say before we go any further? Oh, no. Not Plus, yet, because sorry. you have a line, Mo. My bad. Plus, our normal Tuesday taste test will now only be available on our video platforms. So catch it live on Twitch or later in the week on YouTube at youtube.ltnonair.com. Or you can go to our dis- our TikTok at the back row LTN. As Mo gets her foot out of her mouth for trying to call me that out. It always happens on Tuesday. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Tuesday if I didn't forget about it. Before we go any further, it's time for Mo's fact of the day. Yeah, it is. All right. The word museum comes from the Greek mauseon, which were temples dedicated to the muses and the arts they inspired. Around the 4th century BC, Aristotle founded a Mauseon at his Lyceum School for the collection of specimens for his zoological studies. This sounds like a mouse from Dragon Ball Z. That's how I had to <laughs> look. I had to phonetically write it out because I had to go Mauseon? and how do you say this word? Okay, and then I phonetically mouse a on. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay. That was a good fact. It I was, was a good fact. For you to, okay. uh, what? I'm sorry. Now it's time we come. I commented on it already. What do you offer Now it's time that we come clean and admit that we're major junk food nerds. And every week we like to showcase and talk about junk food that has been recently announced or even spotted in stores and menus. We like to talk about it and discuss it. Before we move on, a round of applause for most facts. Uh, hey, I've been doing that in the library. <laughs> Can we give a them a round of applause? Around your head in a big circle. <laughs> yep. I think the kids think I'm... Weird. Uh, well, I mean, they don't think. <laughs> you know. Shh. What is <laughs> The library's closed. <laughs> Matt, are you talking? Are you talking? Shh. Fanta is going to release a mystery-flavored soda in July of next year under the guise of hashtag what the Fanta? Question oh, mark. Hi. Uh, it is a zero sugar soda. It is blue in tint, but the color apparently is meant to be misleading. I don't know what that is. You know what also is meant to be misleading? Hmm. Hashtag what the Fanta. (laughs) What the Fanta? You know, it's going to end up being like hashtag WTF and everybody's going to be like, no, it stands for what the Fanta. Why the face? Uh, Smart Food is coming out with a Mary Berry popcorn mix that mixes popcorn with uh, Captain Crunch Crunch Berries. Hey. I've never thought of that combination before. Hey. But uh, yeah, please. Yes, thank you. Uh-huh. This month, expect to see new Reese's Super King packages featuring six cups. That's a lot of cups. Right? <laughs> Technically, the package says it's six cups to share, but who are they kidding, right? The package is over a foot in length. Good Great. <laughs> Man. Oh, here we go again. Oh, there's so much of it this week. Here Coffee we Mate is having its fans vote on which discontinued flavor to bring back. You can vote for up to three out of the list, uh, but it doesn't say how many they plan to bring back. But your options are red velvet, butter toffee, espresso, co- uh, espresso chocolate, amaretto, marshmallow, hot cocoa, spiced latte, eggnog latte, gingerbread, spiced rum cake, and butter pecan. Ten options. Uh, the vote is on Coffee Mate website, and it's going to go through the end of this month. Nice. Coffee Mate is also planning to launch, uh, in early 2022, a drumstick-flavored creamer. That's the... Uh, the ice cream, ice cream cone, not the chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh. 
The creamer is vanilla ice cream flavor with notes of milk, chocolate, peanuts, and waffle cone. And then International Delight is planning to release a new creamer for the end of the year that's a tie-in with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And the flavor is Whipple Scrumptious Fudgy Caramel. Which, yeah, sure. I want it now, Daddy! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yep. You're welcome. (laughs) So last year, we talked about Purdue's Thanksgiving Nuggets. Nuggets? Nuggets. 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 (laughs) Do you remember those? They were were two different nuggets. They have white meat nuggets in the shape of turkeys. And they have dark meat nuggets in the shape of drumsticks, uh, all mixed together. Well, this year, they're also releasing uh, two specialty sauces to complement these nuggets. The new sauces are spiced apple honey mustard and cran barbecue. Okay. I mean. They sound delicious. Go for it. Mm-hmm. The jet. Okay. This is a weird one. Jet puffed smoggy s'mores sandwich. Jet Puff Marshmallows is partnered with an Italian sandwich shop uh, and the best sandwich in New York City list frequenter, Alidoro. Alidoro? Alidoro. (laughs) To crank out a s'mores and prosciutto hoagie mashup in honor of National Sandwich Day, which was last week. I think that sounds good. Alidoro created a graham cracker glazed hoagie roll. Slathered it with sea salt dark chocolate spread, layered on some toasted melty Jeff Jet Puff marshmallow, and topped it with thin crispy prosciutto. Prosciutto. And uh, people loved it. So people I guess went nuts like, for it. The salty sweet apparently yeah, was perfectly done. I think, you know. Let, let's Americanize it. it real quick, because that's super Italian right there. That I mean, that sounds very... It, it is. Yeah, it is. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so take your typical American s'more, uh-huh. and then put a crispy piece of bacon on top, or right in the center. Like, I've never thought about it, I but know, now but that you're saying about it... it, it Shoot. Uh, right? I feel like it could be a game changer. Shoot. And basically, that's like level one smoggy. <laughs> this is like level five smoggy. Like, Jet Puff marshmallows have blue dye in them, KY Redhead says in our Twitch chat. That's weird. I always thought that marshmallow was automatically white. They have to put blue dye in it to make it white? That's weird. S'mores made with the Reese's cup. Yeah, I get it. That's a, that's a popular thing. But anyway, yeah. Next next opportunity I get, Mo. <laughs> next time I'm camping with the family, and we're gonna do a fire. We're gonna have s'mores. I'm gonna peel off a piece of that bacon. We're gonna have for breakfast the next morning. And give it a shot. Or just save breakfast from the morning. Save bre- <laughs> Save bacon from breakfast the yeah. morning of. Keep it and with just, you. Something uh, like oh. that. Put it in my pocket. Save it for later. <laughs> Because then you'll have a little bit of lint and, you know, maybe some pocket gum. I'll burn that off. (laughs) Great Value is coming out with some Christmas ice creams. They got lumps of coal, which is chocolate ice cream with fudge swirls and chocolate chips. Santa's Cookies, which is sugar cookie ice cream with red frosting swirls, sugar cookie dough pieces, and red and green sprinkles. And then peppermint cookies and cream, which is Which they the have no explanation yeah. for. They There's just no, expect you no to know. No fancy name or nothing. It's like <laughs> a thin mint. 
Mm, yeah, I guess that would be. Thin mint means Oreo. An Oreo thin mint. An Oreo thin mint. Or just the mint a Oreo. Mint Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have those already. <laughs> it's been a thing for a while. <laughs> Peppermint chip milkshakes are back at Chick-fil-A. Cajun whole turkeys are available for pre-order at most Popeye's chicken uh, places for Thanksgiving. And lastly, the sixth edition of the Bean Boozled Naughty or Nice Box is out. The okay. Christmas version of the Bean Boozled. Now, most of the, the Christmas version has mostly the same flavors. Yes. But they do trade out two new flavors every year. Mm -hmm. And so the original ones that are, I think, a part of the normal boxes too are toasted marshmallow or stink bug, buttered popcorn or rotten egg, berry blue or toothpaste, which is the lifesaver no matter which one you get, <laughs> uh, peach or barf, yeah, birthday cake or dirty dishwasher. Water. Water, sorry. What's the difference? <laughs> there really isn't one. <laughs> Juicy pear or booger, tutti fruity or stinky socks, and strawberry banana smoothie or dead fish. And then the two brand new combos for the sixth edition are cappuccino or liver and onions, and pomegranate or old bandage. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! I don't understand how. Oh, I can't. <laughs> Just thinking about it. And Mo, I've got it for our taste test today. Do no, real? I don't. Heck no. Listen, I was Heck kind of excited. No. I, we're gonna, we will do this. Yes, we will. We we've done. Listen, you and your whole, <laughs> you and your whole death chip. We gotta try every everyone death chip every year. Doesn't make me vomit. No, it just makes you do other involuntary things. Yeah, but I don't like to vomit more than anything else I don't like okay. to do. <laughs> we have done but the Bean Boozled Challenge it was every year. No, that's not the case at all. Well, we're we going to. We did it one to. time. We're going to do the sixth edition. Um, I don't understand why this is still such a popular thing to be sold all year round. Because of people like me. <laughs> I like live for so it. It is. Different. It has become a Christmas tradition. And also, just like KY is saying here, like, how do they get these gross flavors so right? Like, who's sitting there taste testing the perfect old bandage flavor until they I, get it spot on? That one is really getting to me. It's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the oh, grass flavor. Oh, mm. Yeah, the, you know listen, what? The grass flavor kind of tastes like wheatgrass. Like, I mean, it tastes I was like something say, you do eat. That, when <laughs> it was the grass flavor. Probably has a deficiency. <laughs> <laughs> when it was the grass flavor and toothpaste and, toothpaste was and pencil solid. shavings. Remember they did pencil shavings, yeah. I think, for the minions? Yeah, that's right. Those three were like. And then minion fart was the other one. <laughs> yes. Those three were lifesavers, honestly, in, in your box. If you got any of those three, you knew that you could at least push through. Oh. You could at least push through. But all the other ones. I mean, I remember when we did it, I was praying that the blue one that I had was going to be toothpaste. Yeah. And like we saved the blue. Like we had separated them all out in flavors and we were just going to have one of each, but we saved all the blues to have in between each yeah, as a, as a palate, palate cleanser, cleanser, hoping it would be the bad flavor, uh. which is toothpaste, because it was such a relief <laughs> yep. compared to everything else. It really was. Oh. oh, man. I don't know. Cappuccino or liver and onions. Huh. 
Uh, or no. pomegranate uh, or old bandage. Uh, I don't. I don't even like pomegranate. I'd be upset with either of those. I don't know what it is about <laughs> old bandage that is really making me like want to puke right now just thinking about it. I Thanks can't. for that lurk, Darth Jack. Oh, oh man. Oh, We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, is the world a simulation? Stick around. Have you ever been around another person that used a word or phrase that you were absolutely certain you should know, but you didn't? Of course you have. Well, don't worry, nerd, because we've got some great news for you. You're about to learn something brand new. This is the real world, bub, and you need to learn to hold your own in a nerdy conversation. So pull up an ear and pay attention because LTN has another nerdy definition for you. Today's term is bullet time. Also known as frozen moment, dead time, flow motion, or time slice, bullet time is a visual effect or visual impression of detaching the time and space of a camera or viewer from those of its visible subject. The bullet time effect was originally achieved photographically by a set of still cameras surrounding a subject. The cameras are fired sequentially or all at the same time depending on the desired effect. Single frames from each camera are then arranged and displayed consecutively to produce an orbiting viewpoint of an action frozen in time or as hyper slow motion. This technique suggests the limitless perspectives and variable frame rates possible with a virtual camera. However, if the still array process is done with real cameras, it is often limited to assigned paths. While this special effect didn't originate with the Matrix, the term bullet time might have. This effect is how many of the shots where a character leaps into the air, freezes in midair, and the camera pans all the way around them is achieved. The first instance of the bullet time effect might be in the 1962 movie Zots, in which a nutty professor uses an ancient amulet to stop a bullet. So when The Matrix 4 comes out and you hear someone wondering out loud if there will be any more bullet time shots in this movie, you'll know what to look out for on screen because you understand that reference. to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNonair.com every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it, and we'll love you forever. Previously, we talked about the Matrix and how it put us down the path of questioning everything. Now we're going to do a deep dive into what is known as the simulation theory and how it's one of the fastest growing theories among some of the biggest scientific minds. This isn't on the same plane as like the flat earth theory, largely assumed to be regulated to people being deliberately blind to the science, but instead it's ranking up there with minds we consider authorities in the science realm, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, Elon Musk, and Stephen Hawking. So this is going to be fun. <laughs> Mo, are you still scared? <laughs> Apparently, our definitions of fun are very different. All right. So I'm really going to read most of this article. This this comes from uh, interestingengineering.com, and it's called Living in the Matrix, Everything You Need to Know About Simulation Theory. <laughs> The most memorable things about The Matrix are, without a doubt, the questions it asks about the true nature of reality. The series gave millions of viewers pause by pointedly asking, what if, we all, what if all we experience in life is simply a simulation? 
Yet while the movie made the idea popular, it certainly didn't invent the premise. The question has actually plagued philosophers and scientists for millennia, like we said in the previous section. And surprisingly enough, some experts think we actually might be living in a simulation. Leading scientists from institutions like MIT and Oxford have a lot to say about our reality and the idea that we may all be living in a computer simulation. However, before we jump into any further into it, it is a good to mention that there is more of a thought experiment rather than cold hard facts. Okay, so as we're going through this, you might be having weird revelations, but it's still just a theory. There's nothing proving this is really the case. It's just a thought experiment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I feel like you have to say that. Is that like some sort of disclaimer? <laughs> uh, maybe I'm being told to say that. There's some compelling. <laughs> there's some compelling arguments out there for simulation theory, but the overarching idea can't be tested, meaning that it can't be proven true or false. As a result, it's a, it is a little outside the realm of science. So, first question: What if I told you that physical reality is an illusion, and we all live in a computer simulation? The idea of simulation theory can be attributed to the prominent Oxford University philosopher Nick Bostrom uh, in a paper aptly dubbed, Are You Living in a Computer Simulation? The paper argues that one of the following assumptions, one of the following assumptions are true. One, the human species is very likely to go extinct before reaching a post-human stage. Two, any post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations of their evolutionary history. Or three, we are almost certainly living in a computer simulation. Now, in short, the paper argues that we cannot know for sure if any of these are 100% likely to occur without a doubt. However, according to the paper, the third option is probably the most probable outcome. In short, our great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren will probably have the computing power needed to run evolutionary simulations of humanity. And why wouldn't they? And how would you know that you are not currently a part of that simulation? Ponder that for a second. Oh, I am. <laughs> so the idea essentially is, one day, they will have this technology. And so to put it in like what's with what's happening now, imagine that few thousand years into the future, they have the ability to run a computer simulation all contained in this computer of how society will go. And it's sped up to them so they can see results. But for us, it's going by in real time and they run. How did the COVID-19 epidemic happen? How did it originally spread? And so they run a simulation on different ideas of different theories of how the COVID-19 thing spread. Was it in a lab? Was it bat soup at the wet market? And they run two simulations with both of those things and see what the outcomes will be and if they're, if which one is similar to the result that we actually saw here. And if that were to happen in the future, how do we know we're not in one of those right now? And what makes it more probable is the fact that they could run a thousand simulations with just tiny variables. And if there's a thousand simulations that are identical to actual reality and only one actual reality, then the odds that you're in one of the thousand simulations and not an actual reality are so much greater than the one in however many thousand chance that you're in the real world. 
I wish this part was on camera so you could see Mo mulling this over. <laughs> it makes my head hurt. <laughs> Let's get back to the article. So Bolstrom says, many works of science fiction, as well as some forecasts by serious technologists and futurologists, predict that enormous amounts of computing power will be available in the future. So let us suppose for a moment that these predictions are correct. One thing that later generations might do with their super powerful computers is run detailed simulations of their forebears or of people like their forebears, because their computers would be so powerful they could run a great many such simulations. Apart from the interest, this thesis may hold for those who are engaged in futuristic speculation. There is also more purely theoretical rewards. The argument uh, provides a stimulus for formulating some methodological and metaphysical questions, and it suggests naturalistic analogies to certain traditional religious conceptions, which some I find amusing or thought-provoking. A lot of big words there. Mm -hmm. Bolstrom... It's Can not you the break only it down for me. <laughs> well, I mean, essentially, is what I'm saying is they could run thousands of different simulations with minor tweaks here and there. Uh, if they were running a simulation that Jesus was actually who the Bible says he was, and then they could run a simulation where he was just a preacher and he wasn't the Son of God, and see how the church would grow in each of those situations. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, where was I? Bolstrom is not the only person that believes that we're living in a simulation. MIT developer and Play Labs executive director Rizwan Verk expanded on Bolstrom's idea in his book, The Simulation Hypothesis, describing what he calls the simulation point, or the moment at which we could realistically build a matrix-like simulation. In an interview with Digital Trends, Rizwan Verk describes his interpretation of simulation theory, stating, the basic idea is that everything we see around us, including the Earth and the universe, is part of a very sophisticated MMORPG, massively multiplayer online role-playing game, and that we are players in this game. The hypothesis itself comes in different forms. Uh, now, we're going to skip a little bit. Uh, we talked about Plato and his allegory of the cave and a couple other things yesterday. So, like, this, this idea has been around, but it hasn't fully gained steam until recently. Uh, the hypothesis about our reality has made its way into pop culture, of course, like we said, The Matrix. Uh, but more notably, astrophysicists Neil deGrasse Tyson and Elon Musk have both welcomed and embraced the theory. In an interview with NBC News, Neil deGrasse Tyson expressed that there is probably a better than 50-50 odds that the simulation hypothesis is correct, stating, I wish I could summon a strong argument against it, but I can find none. This also echoes a similar sentiment that Musk shares toward the nature of our reality. At the Code Conference of 2016, Musk stated, 40 years ago, we had Pong, two rectangles and a dot. That's where we were. That's where we were just 40 years ago. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. And soon we'll have virtual reality. We'll have augmented reality. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then games will become indistinguishable from reality. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> it really puts it into perspective with yes, 40 years ago. It really does. Right? Mm -hmm. My gosh. Because, yeah. Like, I still, I, th I think I told you the story, but I still remember showing my dad my first Nintendo DS. Mm hmm. And he's seeing like 3D video yeah. games happening in a pocket system with two screens. And he looked at me and said, man, if you'd have told me something like this would have existed when I was a kid, I would have thought you were a crazy person. Mm -hmm. 
So in 40 years from Pong to now, what will happen even before we die? What's going to happen in the next 40 years that we have left here? Crazy to think about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also terrifying. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit terrifying. Uh, if one progresses at the current rate of technology a few decades into the future, very quickly, we will be a society where artificial entities are living in simulations that are much more abundant than human beings. However, not everyone fully embraces the idea of simulation theory. In an interview with The Guardian, Max Tegmark, a phys- uh, professor of physics at MIT, stated that, it is, is it logically possible that we are in a simulation? Yes. Are we probably in a simulation? I'd say no. In order to make that argument in the first place, we need to know what the fundamental laws of physics are where the simulations are being made. And if we are in a simulation, then we have no clue what the laws of physics are. Nevertheless, Tegmark went on to state that recognizing that we are probably living in a simulation, uh, we are probably living in a simulation as a game changing, uh, I'm sorry, is a game changing thought, just as Copernicus realizing that the Earth was not the center of the universe. So that. If it's true, like when when we thought the Earth was the center of the universe, we had our our own idea about where we were, mm-hmm. and realizing that we weren't completely changed everything. Mm-hmm. So now, if we were to realize we were in a simulation, what would happen? <laughs> if we became aware of it, like in the Matrix, what would happen? Oh, I don't even want to know. Or would they I just don't... shut it off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's terrifying. Uh, it's uh, mm-hmm. I knew you'd find this terrifying. I feel like <laughs> the purge could be like it could end up being a real thing. Then I feel like more people would if if we knew that we were in a simulation. Mm-hmm. I could see that becoming the mindset of a lot of people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Holy. Uh, so the idea of simulating the universe, of course, is not too absurd. Uh, this is the most obvious. You've probably played games like Sid Meier's Civilization or even The Sims. These games allow us to simulate human life on a global scale uh, or within a small neighborhood. As mentioned above, at the rate of which computing power is growing, what is stopping humans from simulating their history? Uh, as a 90s or 80s baby, you have watched games evolve into these, oh, just talking about this, into these photorealistic 3D renderings of reality. Computing power in just the, la- the next 50 years will be millions of times more powerful than it is today. Harvard's Odyssey computer can already simulate 14 billion years in just a matter of months. Okay, so get this. <laughs> Every time one of us logged on and played Sims, we allowed one of them to go on vacation for a little while. <laughs> we then became the controllers of all things. And I'm beginning to wonder... Whatever happened to my character? <laughs> like, also, did I make somebody go homeless? Like, they lost their job and when you, their right. life just went 
when you think about the possibility that you are really just a grandiose video game character, did I actually kill all those Tamagotchi pets? <laughs> did they feel pain? <laughs> all right, so now we're going to get into some of the... Um, quote-unquote evidences, maybe. My head hurts. Oh, there's so much. Well, we're about halfway through. So the first idea is the Fermi paradox. Where are all the aliens? Where have (laughs) all the cowboys gone? Do you ever wonder why humans have not come into contact with aliens yet? In the vast, unimaginable size of the universe, why are there not more signs of intelligent life out there? <sighs> Welcome to the Fermi Paradox. Named after the Italian-American physicist Enrico Fermi, the Fermi Paradox is the apparent contradiction between the lack of evidence for external civilizations and various high estimates for their probability, the Drake Equation. Perhaps there are no aliens in this simulation. In this current reality, the easiest thing to do for the people behind the simulation is simply simulate life in just one place in the universe. The universe that we are in might have just been created for us. Psst. Hashtag. It was. Fact. But we'll talk about that next. (sighs) Maybe we will never be able to prove that we are in a simulation. Uh... Scientists like nuclear physicists, physicist uh, Zohre Devaudi and NYU David Chalmers, Chalmers, <laughs> Zohre Devaudi and David Chalmers have made it very clear that the chances of us living in a simulation are most likely very low. Even more so, how would you go about proving that you live in a simulation? As David Chalmers simply puts it, you're not going to get proof that we're not in a simulation because any evidence that we could get could be simulated. Yet, there could be examples of simulation all around us. Uh, so this is just what we were talking about yesterday. Uh, do you ever experience something and think to yourself, this can't be real? Mm-hmm. And some people who have brought into the notion that our reality is currently being simulated, there are examples all around us that demonstrate glitches in the matrix. Deja vu? Mm-hmm. Could be a situation where something's happened, something needed to be tweaked, they fixed it, and you, and they didn't get the, like, the play start right perfect where you left off. And so you relived those few seconds once more, slightly different, in a way that made you feel uneasy, thus remembering two different versions of that actually happening. Ghosts, deleted characters. Remnants in the file of deleted characters. An audio file here, a digit there, a shadow here that they refute that they didn't take off the mapping. <laughs> Just like happens in real games. Occasionally in real games, there's a character or a non-playable character somewhere that they decide, no, we're not going to put them there, but they forget to remove the shadow that the person was there for. The Mandela effect where we remember something happening. So many people remember it happening this exact way. This thing existing or being named this thing. But for some reason, reality is different than what a group of people actually remember being. The Berenstain Bears instead of the Berenstain Bears. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sinbad starring in uh, the movie Shazam as a genie. So many people believe that really happened and it never happened until college humor made it happen 
uh, on April Fool's Day a few years ago. <laughs> like that in and of itself could be very much like deja vu. Something was rewritten, something was changed. Or perhaps your file, your person, your character was transferred from a different simulation at some point. And so you do remember things the way they were, just in a different reality. <laughs> All of these could be direct examples of flaws in the simulation. Some have simply pointed out that the most recent events in history is proof that we're currently living in the simulation. Could the coronavirus be an indication that we're living in a simulation? Just like we talked about yesterday. And uh, you're not going to like this one. There is some scientific evidence. And it's creepy. MIT theoretical physicist James Gates has made a discovery that allegedly caused Neil deGrasse Tyson to sit down in shock. Now, for the uninitiated, super string theory is a concept that could unify all aspects of physics if proven right. While working on his super string theory, he made an odd discovery. Gates claims to have identified what appears to be actual computer code embedded in the equations of string theory that describe the fundamental particles of our universe. In short, he found error-correcting codes. The same error-correcting codes that you can find in the web browser you're using on your computer or phone. Think about how much math is in the world around us. We've seen these mathematical constants, uh, laws of physics, the Fibonacci sequence, the like the spiral, the perfect spiral of like a snail shell and how that's found in so many other things in our nature. Mm -hmm. Like all these different things that work so mathematically perfect. The world that we live in being in just the right perfect section between two other planets in the distance from the sun, having the moon, having all these perfect laws of physics, having all the exact right chemicals and everything like that to just formulate life here. And if one of these things was off by just a micron, life wouldn't exist here. Mm -hmm. I mean, Christians have been saying that for years. Of course. And we're going to talk about that more. <laughs> but when you're looking at it from a agnostic or atheistic right. worldview, you can see how easy it is to think, gosh, there is so much, there's so much perfect creation. How could it have formed from such chaos? Which again, is what we're going to talk about tomorrow. So hopefully that might put you a little bit at ease. <laughs> yeah, slightly. So I, 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 okay. That's pretty much the end of the article. Okay. I had an experience the other day. Okay. And this whole conversation is making me question it, making me wonder. So I'm standing in the middle of the library and I'm putting things away, reshelving books, cleaning up the area. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing in the middle of the library where nothing is around me. But I physically felt like on my hip, something brush against me hard, firmly. Kind of like I had bumped into something, but there's nothing around me. Absolutely nothing. I'm slightly freaking <laughs> out right now. Well, we're like we we're when we were talking about the leftover assets of a character yes. being deleted. Uh huh. Yeah. Like who I, was in the library <laughs> with me? 
that got deleted. Who was supposed to be here? Right. Didn't get your shadow. I know. Um, like the other, the, that story that happened here at the church where we were. Yes. Where I heard a cough behind me, a very clear, very loud. Oh, that's not the story. I thought you were talking about. That sounded right behind me. Oh, the other one. Yeah. The footsteps. Yeah. The foot, bare footprints, adult bare footprints that nobody knows how they showed up are in a place that nobody else would go other than people that would know. Like just really weird. Yeah. Showing up on days that nobody was there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had, like I heard a distinctive cough behind me and I freaked out and I grabbed my billy club and I ran all over the place trying to find that nobody was there. There was not a single person. I checked every possible scenario. Nobody was there. What if that's an audio file that didn't get deleted from a non-playable character that was supposed to walk into the room? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff is is freaky to think about. It is. Incredibly. <laughs> incredibly. I'm going to throw another idea out. Have you seen the movie Us? No, sorry. Old. Have you seen the movie Old? That's a new movie, right? It's a I new, have not seen it, but a, I've seen the picture for it. Okay, it's a new M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. Um... Which I love. Do we need a spoiler alert? Since spoiler alert, okay, spoiler probably. alert for yeah. old. I love M Night. My my favorite. I liked favorite. him earlier on. His later oh, this stuff one has is been good. a little bit. Meh. This one is good. Okay. Um. So, these people book a vacation, go to this tropical island. They are then escorted to what is supposed to be like this remote location for just specifically these families, gotcha. you know? Um, so they get to go to this private beach and while they're there, they begin to age mm. rapidly. And the entire time you see up on this mountain, that's kind of overlooking the ocean up on this cliff, you can see like what looks like a mirror reflecting or a camera, a lens of some sort, mm -hmm. you know, something shining from up on top. So, you get the idea that somebody's watching. Okay. Who is watching these people? Okay. What it ends up being is a bunch of doctors and scientists have come together. They've handpicked these people with different diseases. They bring them to this hotel. Upon arrival of the hotel, they already know the diseases that they have. Okay. They give them a concoction of medicine to see how their body reacts to it and then send them to this beach that causes them to age rapidly to see if the medicine that they have given them helps heal them of their ailments. Okay. So they are trying to rid the world of illness and disease. Which, when you think about it, is like, whoa, genius, brilliant, you know? But then you're like, hold up. I didn't sign up for this. Right. I just Except wanted to go people. on a nice vacation. <laughs> like, what's happening? That, it, this, it reminds me of, like, the whole <laughs> simulation, simulated reality. Right. Like, it's like, how, how did COVID arise? Yeah. If they can understand exactly what happened by running the simulation themselves with different variables on how it started, they can figure out how to prevent it from happening again. Because uh -huh. this is supposed to go in like 100-year cycles, right? This happened with the Spanish flu about 100 years before. Was it 100 or was it 1,000? I don't remember. But anyway, while back, 
I think it's 100. 100 year cycles. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, George W. Bush even said that. He said, you know, we're due, we're overdue for a pandemic to happen uh, in our lifetime. And so, I mean, yeah, what if that is a thing? <laughs> what if they have to wait 100 years between simulated... <laughs> simulated things which for them is five minutes you know right like all right let's get them some time to recover build back up all right let's hit them with covid let's see what yeah. happens. <laughs> it's all freaky stuff so the other thing that's not listed in this article that was brought up as like a possible evidence is the fact that we can't travel faster than the speed of light you know how you can be in a a a, a sandbox video game where you can walk around anywhere you want mm -hmm. but then there's a limit there's eventually a barrier, a wall, right. where you can't keep going down that road anymore. Like, that's the end of the map. Mm -hmm. So what if not being able to travel past, faster than the speed of light it's the end of is our keeping map? us from getting to the end of our map? And that's why there's no aliens. It's why there's nothing else. Because in reality, the map does end there. The map ends, and what we're seeing beyond that map is just a painted structure that automates itself around for what we can see in the sky. But... We are bound within this boundary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's really, I mean, I know it's, it's kind of creepy and weird to think about, but it's also just a very interesting thought process, mm -hmm. a thought experiment. Mm -hmm. Now, in our first two discussions, we've looked at the possibility of a simulated world. But next up, we'll look at scientific theories that have arisen that imply a creator or connection to the biblical account of events and how they could change the way we look at things uh, about the origins of our planet. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. When we get back, we'll share some things that we love and close out the show. Stick around. Thy Nerd emphasize relational outreach. From huge convention halls to local game nights across the world, LTN wants to show the love of Jesus to nerds and nerd culture. We are always developing resources and guides to help you grow nerd ministry in your area and expanding our reach as a ministry into all areas of nerd culture. Connect with us on social media at Love Thy Nerd and at LTN on air and join in. the Backroom Morning Show, and things are winding down for the day. Now, before we go, we want to share some things that we love. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? It doesn't matter. Either okay. way. I'll start. I may have brought at least the, the original uh, version of this up. Uh, I talked about the pour over, I know, in a uh, former show, but I don't know if it was a thing that I love. But the pour over is a, it started as like an email uh, news update that comes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, it's it's Christian perspective news, but not so much where it's like spinning everything into a Christian mindset, but more about here's the news based on the facts without all the spin. And then here's like a biblical way to respond and a verse to think on. Uh, it's actually been very convicting many times, especially over politics, because I tend to want to dive into politics and no. By jugulars, you know what I'm saying? No. Uh, so that in itself is great, but they've also recently started a podcast version of this. 
And so it's about seven minutes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the pour over podcast. Uh, I, I can usually get through the whole thing on my drive to work and, uh, it's, it's very informative and even entertaining. Um, it's just, it's a nice thing. It, it makes me happy when I'm done. Even if some of the news is bad, by the end of it, I feel uplifted. So I would encourage you to check that out. I'm pretty sure it's on all the podcast places. The pour over podcast, like the coffee. <laughs> all right. Uh, so my thing is a Netflix original series that's just recently come out. Made. Squid Game. No. Oh, no. <laughs> made. Like you finally watched Squid Game. Made. No. I haven't heard about this. Is it made like made cleaning or yes. made like I've been made? No, made like made cleaning. Okay. Um, so it is, it follows a single mom who is coming out of a abusive relationship um, and it does a really good, good job of um, what I would say shining the light on understanding how easily when you are in like domestic violence, how easily it is to come out, but then go right back into it mm. to kind of get, um, I don't know. To find find yourself falling back into those same cycles yeah. with that person. The idea of this kind of being the only thing that you know, and therefore the idea of going back to what you know is still more comforting comforting than the idea of stepping out into the unknown. Mm, not so much that, because she does Dang a really... Yeah, it sounded sorry. really smart, though, until you said that. <laughs> yeah. She does a really good job. The main character does a really good job of coming out of the situation, making something of out of nothing... Um, it, like every, every episode, it seems like the ball drops and it's just going to be absolutely life ending for her and her, her daughter, but she ends up coming out on top, you know, Okay. but it shines a good light, paints a really good picture of, um, just how, when you are in a situation like that, how the other person will do whatever they have to do 100% to get you back. Uh, but then once you're back, nothing changed, nothing actually changed. And now you're back and you're like, wait, I can't get out. I, I it took everything in me to get out that one time. I can't do it again. Mm. Um, so, she ends up becoming a maid. That's why that's the name of the, I was wondering where the maid came. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just, oh, it's just such a good, like grips you, pulls you in binge watching show. I don't think that there's going to be a second season because of the way that it ended, but it also ties in childhood trauma and how we kind of, revert back to things that we don't even realize yeah. from our childhood that are just normal to us, if you will, as, as adults. So anyway, it's just, a, I don't want to give away too much. Yeah. 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 Because it's amazing. Okay. okay I binge watched okay. it in two days <laughs> and that was Those are the kind of shows that really grip you. Yeah. Yeah. I that mean, was, I still worked. The last one was Ted Lasso for me. I did that in two days. <laughs> and that like, 
I feel like that's saying a lot. When I could, when I was a stay-at-home mom, I could easily binge watch a show, you know? Difficult for you now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it definitely, it takes an investment for me to be like, okay, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I did it in two days. Chris, it was even one that Chris really got into. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's super good. Well, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. we got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LT and Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LT and Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LT and Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. And make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Just search for at the back row LTN and connect with us. We will be back tomorrow morning and we hope you will too. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus Jesus loves you, nerd. nerd.